0: Hey guys, brand new podcast. It's a brand new Burtcast, and I'm losing my mind. I just got done with therapy. I opened a bank account with my wife. I'm trying to get more attached to our money, where I start uh, growing as a human. My wife was going to come in and say something to you. There's something she'd like to say. It's not necessarily an ad, but she wants to say something. Uh, There's a guy online I just found out about him. His name is Ryan Ray. Ryan Ray La, I think on Facebook. He's walking across the country. If you f- go check him out, find his GPS, and find the guy and take a selfie with him. He's really interesting. I offered for him to stay. Here she is. I offered. for... Come here, here. Uh, God, I'm fucking being aggressive right now. Yes, you are. I know because I'm. I'm because I feel. No, it's, stop it. This is not your room. Don't fuck with that. It's cold. I know it's cold, but it's cold because two grown men are about to sit in here, and and we get hot when we talk. She came in the other day and she was like. Uh, Turn the fucking ac off i came in it was sweltering in here it was sweltering in here it was sweltering in here this guy's running walking across the uh, the country his name is ryan ray I don't, I don't i just someone tweeted about him the other day and i saw it i thought it was interesting he's at like two thousand miles fitbit you really fucking missed out uh you should have had this fucking spot and you're missing out with me fitbit someone tell fitbit they're fucking missing an advertising opportunity because on my show i constantly say i'm at this how many steps get over here get over here Come over to this side. Well, the mic doesn't reach that far, Leanne. Okay, here's my wife, Leanne. She would like to talk to you for two seconds. Please don't hang up. Er, uh, fuck, Hi, everybody. This is Leanne. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> what do I say? Oh, oh, you know, you know um, podcast is free. It's free anywhere you download it from. Uh, so, if you love the podcast, it would be great if you would buy a mug, or a t-shirt, or a book, or a book, okay. Hold on one second, I'm gonna give it back to you. Buy a mug, we have BurtCast mugs, they're at BurtBurtBurt.com, and, uh, they're fantastic, I drink out of them. But let me tell you something, drink out of them the way I drink out of mugs. I have three mugs that I use all the time. Maybe four or five. But one of them is Joe Rogan's mug. I have a Joe Rogan experience mug. And sometimes when I make myself a a cup of coffee, I say to myself, I'm looking for a powerful day. And I really, I believe that. And I had a powerful day yesterday, two meetings, and I had a cup of coffee in my joe rogan experience mug i've got a fritz dog radio mug that i have but it's all faded out and every time i think i said you know i'm gonna fucking write today that's a fritz dog mug my other one is late late show at david letterman that's just when i want to feel good about myself i drink out of that one i also have an owl and i have one that says i have one that's really big that my daughter's made me that has a, a lightning bolt in it uh but but use these coffee mugs so whatever energy i give you Go to my website. Go to bertberbert. dot Bert, com. Get yourself a Cast mug, and in the morning, have yourself a cup of Bertcast coffee. Uh, the guy I'm having on today has his own brand of coffee, Caveman Coffee. Uh, Tate Fletcher. Uh, he's not. I'm not an, a spokesman for it. I hope he brings some. He knows he's got cold brewed coffee. This is a little bit long. No, it's not even that bad. It's only three minutes. Um, but he's Kate, Tate Fletcher is my guest. Man, I should have waited till the end. But he has Caveman Coffee. It's fucking fantastic coffee. I've had some before. He's got the cold brewed Caveman Coffee. And uh, I hope he does, at least, because I'm saying it now. But get yourself a mug. There's also other stuff at BurtBurtBurt.com. Right, Leanne? Yes, also at BurtCast.com. You can buy T-shirts or autographed uh, books, for Life of the Party books, or autographed, um, what are those
1: things called? Baseball cards. Yeah.
0: Burt Kreischer baseball cards with our dog, Mona. Pretty cute card. Yeah. So, yeah, go to BurtCast.com or BurtBurtBurt.com and make your purchase today. Who fulfills those purchases, Leanne? I do. So if there's something special you want, just put it in there and Leanne will put it in? Awesome. Hey, wait. I got a better idea. If if for an extra $5, Leanne will go into my closet and take one of my shirts out of my closet and put it in there. Okay, never mind. Forget it. Never mind. I was just trying to clean out my closet. All right. The podcast is about to start. I'm going to make myself some lunch and he should be here in any second. All six feet, four of them. All Pirate life of him. I don't know if you follow this guy on Instagram, but you should. He is a fascinating guy. He's been traveling the world as a stuntman. I watched him get murdered in John Wick the other night, <laughs> gun to the head. Uh, he's one of uh, Rogan's best friends. He's one of Ari's best friends. Ari always tells stories about him wrestling him in a hotel room and pinning him against the wall. And he does have one of my favorite fight stories ever. That hopefully I'll get him to tell. I oh, wonder there's a lot I want to learn about this guy. Um, I want, to, I want to talk about everything. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today's guest, you heard it earlier. I'll say it louder right now. Tate
1: Fletcher! This is Fletcher! These are great, though. Yeah, they're like nitrogen-infused coffee. Um, it's our cold brew, super smooth. Hold on one sec, I want to see myself.
0: In and I've always had a fear of. I've jumped before, but I've never dove.
1: Oh, head first. Yeah, like and and really <laughs> leap.
0: Face
1: first. Are we good? we My balls are inside my pelvis.
0: Crap! Is the b right here? All right, here we go. Barefoot. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm praying to God it looks as cool as I remember doing it.
1: Oh fuck, yeah! Cool. All right. I'm super impressed
0: that you that of the camera. Uh, uh it was
1: strapped to my fucking hand. Now, Here, grab seat the,
0: right over there. How much is like the impact, as it were? When it's that one's so that one's so fucking smooth. You'd be shocked. Cool. Um, I always say bungee jumping, when done right, is really enjoyable, but when it's done wrong, oh fuck. That's a fucking beast. Um let me make sure I got the things recording.
1: This is the nicest podcast room I've been in. It's not bad, right? It's great. Here that's your mic talking that beats the shit out of Ari Shaffir's
0: apartment. I've done one with Ari at the comedy store when he was way too fucking high. Oh, did you ever do? Oh,
1: I think I heard that one. When When you guys were out front and there was some heckling going on maybe of uh,
0: a comic didn't like me. uh, Yeah. 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 That sounds good. That level sound good. Um, God. This is is beautiful.
1: Did you build this?
0: No, no, no. The, The TV show Man Caves did it for me. Really? Yeah, I had nothing to do with it
1: god damn that
0: is great yeah they uh came in and and literally put more money than i mean we couldn't afford this i mean you just walked in my regular house right right, right, right. right. <laughs> so uh yeah
1: it's beautiful
0: yeah it's it's amazing dude it's changed my life i mean it's changed my life in many ways i always say this out loud because i want this to happen but i don't know if it's gonna happen in my life right i would love for the next thing to happen with me where i could move out of this house and i would like to Maybe sell this to a young comic or a young artist. Help them that, out. Yeah, like and give them the mojo that this offered me because this offered me amazing, dude. I've I've been dying to try this Caveman Coffee. Really? Well, yeah, because you got you're on all the good podcasts. Like all the good podcasts are advertising Caveman Coffee. Just have some good friends, man. It's really nice. you. Really do have good That's friends, great. man. You've got. It you, makes all the difference. For do sure. you know what people like? Do you, do you do you ever wonder what people say behind your back?
1: Not too much. I mean, I have some. I have a little uh, like, so I used to fight. So I have like a uh, an idea of that because there's oh. a lot of people that will tweet you. You love that? Yeah, this That's is fucking so nice, awesome. Huh? Yeah, this is fucking awesome. It's uh, and so that you you'll see a lot of cell phone soldiers that'll let you know what they think on message boards or whatever. But it, you know, so you hear the worst of the worst, you know. And um, but so then it all becomes like make believe. It's all kind of pretend, and I don't really concern myself with a whole lot about. All that I'm more concerned with where everybody's going, you know. And you
0: know, it's so funny that you don't. But there's not, there's nothing bad said about you. Really? Yeah. Like, like I literally had a conversation with Ari today.
1: He's it's back a, from Scotland.
0: Yeah, he's in new he's in New York. Beautiful. And uh, and he's, a,
1: he's man, that guy. He's a shining star.
0: And Joe says the same thing. Like Joe, Joe's. Yeah. I mean, Joe's like a brother to you. But like, like, the, I mean it it just is oh he's the greatest fucking guy in the world yes, you gotta nice. meet him it's so funny I saw you get shot in the head on John Wick the other yeah, night yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that, but my, my friend that was a cool thing too because that movie that was um, it was all guys it was like it was like I was in an old boys club of like all the dudes that did The Matrix and so, it, it reminded me of The Matrix so the guy that was the director two guys uh, Chad Stahelski and Dave Leach they're partners and they own this stunt crew. Um, like a, it's really like high, like a, a, all the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Avengers, all the the best guys really um, are training there, and they run this production company that that um, puts all them out there. But they were, Chad was uh, Keanu's stunt double for years. Yeah, then he became a stunt coordinator, and then now that was his first directorial debut. He and Dave, and then. All the guys that they hired on it, all the stunt coordinators, second unit directors, all that, were all guys that were in the original Matrix. And so it was like a homecoming again with all these kinds of heroes of mine, really, in, in that whole world. And so then they're like, hey, we got this little role. You want to do this? And then my buddy comes up to me. He goes, and we, we trained jujitsu a lot. He was a student of mine for a while. And uh, he goes, hey, uh, how durable is that beard? I'm like, um, I thought, what an odd qu- I'm like, well, we can't light it on fire, but like, <laughs> and I, says, I'm just going to have Keanu grab it and drag you across. I was like, awesome. That's going to be great. So, as quick as it was. And then my partner with the coffee, Keith yeah. Jardine, he's in that. He gets sh- shot. Keith like, Jardine. How do I know Keith Jardine? He used to fight in the UFC also. He okay. was uh, he, uh, the Dean of Mean, they would call him. Now I call him the Dean of Caffeine, of course. But uh, um, really great guy. We've been training partners for, I don't know, 15 years or something. And then uh, we, you know, it, it was, it's weird like the segue from life's lifetime to lifetime kind of. And I look at like different parts of my life is like, I've really lived a lot of different lives. And, and one of those was a, was in the fight world. And like all those guys are my brothers and the fidelity and the, the kind of, um, the brotherhood of all that was really what the best part of it all is, I think. And, and training, I really like to train and, and, um, but going out from that, and I go, what are you going to do now? And you're looking into this film industry, and, and you know, you have to look, how are you going to make any scratch? How, what are you going to do to pay the bills? And and, uh, and it really became evident, like, I've got I've to change things, and I've got to confront this new thing. And how do you kind of circumvent the obstacles that are going to be ever-present in the way? And uh, and a lot of that was going away from a lot of the dudes that were my brothers for years. And you go, well, they're on this path. And, and I always think about it like it's a weird thing. Like, everybody wants to... Um, be down for their neighborhood or for their, you know, all their old homies and all all that stuff. And, and I'm with all that. And there's, there's people in my life that are for sure transcendent of all of that and that, that I'm connected with forever. Um, but at the same time, if you want to be a physicist and I want to be an artist, and we hang out together all the time. You're not going to get to be a great physicist as quickly as you could. And I'm not going to get to be a great art. Like, you need to hang out with people that are going in the direction you're going. And, and really looking at that and uh, I go, fuck, I really need to be around creative people that want to uh, make a mark in this way. And that kind of, it's like with the coffee or with whatever business that I touch. It's like, I don't really, I never really think about them as businesses. I think about them as movements of like, um, of h- how do you raise consciousness around the world around you? How do you, you know, how do you supplant um, sustainability? or uh, global unification under uh, a product name. And how do you go, okay, these people, Syrians aren't really different than Americans, aren't different than Niger- like, and, and like that becomes a larger context of like what life is in that way, I think. And, and so anyway, that's kind of... Uh, so anyway. the nice thing about that, I guess, where I was going with it, is that it's dope because Keith and I came back together then after this long fight um, companionship that we'd had and then we came back through coffee and then in films and we work a bunch together and uh so he's kind of my life partner <laughs>
0: is, it's interesting i said this i mean i don't want to get into why i thought this but today i thought what or last night i thought so if just if this was taken away from me like the stand yeah. up what, where would i go what, and i got really panicked i was like i got all my eggs in this basket it's me and my words and like you know let's just say and and I pray to God this never happens, and I pray to God that I have the resiliency or the, at least the career behind me that people would go. Bert's a good guy, he didn't mean what he said, like you know you see people misspeak, you know, say I'm drunk and I say like uh like." say some not, I would never say a racial slur but say I say like, like but that's like, what you were thinking that's all you're thinking no 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 you know what I'm saying what, what Jonah, I... Jonah, Jonah Hill when he called the guy he's like suck my dick F word you know like like yeah. what if I said that yeah. what if I said that yeah. and then I gotta come out with a mea culpa that's exactly what I was thinking it, it's was so like,
1: weird though all that stuff too is like well cause what's his name the guy that was on Seinfeld right he smashed himself out like that's to, yeah, That's like the end of him, forever. Right? Michael whatever. Michael
0: Richards. And um, but he had the he had the heist money. He had the heat money.
1: Should sure. he get fucking disappear like but Robert still, De Niro. Still, that thing that I mean it's kind of like that thing about the worst thing that somebody can do to you in prison is put you in isolation. You know, and and uh, that thing he's put himself on an island. Where it's kind of like that—that's the danger. I, oh, so that's the thing too. Is like that's the danger of not having friends, and that's the danger of like, like where Hulk Hogan is or something like that. If you become Hulk this Hulk Hogan, thing, that's a great example, right? That I—I I don't know. I always look at it, and I look at like I look at Joe and Duncan and Ari, and like you look at this crew of guys, Eddie Bravo, and um, and the beautiful benefit to that for sure keith lacey Mackey, my other partner in, in the coffee has been about calling each other on their ship. mate it's uncomfortable to have friends sometimes because the friends that are really valuable will say uncomfortable things to you i was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier today and and, and uh it was a, a woman and and she's like uh oh this girl or that girl like talking about girls that are like uh, interested or said that I was flirting with him or something. I said that's ridiculous. Like I don't, e- I don't even know who that is. And I said, but this is one of those funny things that happens sometimes when they're like, oh, I know Tate or something, and not like, I'm like in in this small little town, like there's yeah. that, there's gossip amongst hens, you know.
0: Oh, a woman did this. Not to the yeah, yeah, story, yeah. but like yeah. a woman did this to my wife at at CPK. Right. Oh, I know goes, Bert. Oh, uh, she goes two years. Something. Goes probably before you guys knew each other, though. She said, <laughs> my wife said um god damn it i wish no it was, we were married my wife's picking up dinner and she said to someone um the girl at the thing she goes uh yeah my husband's a comedian maybe and that, maybe that's how it started or right, something right and she goes oh really who's your husband or oh something comedian oh who's that Bert Kreischer? And she goes oh my god i'm great friends with Bert." right and my wife went what's your name and she goes Well, she goes i'm his wife and then the girl was caught like embarrassed right. and was like oh, I don't but that's the way we work in Hollywood right. is this almost like superfluous bullshit of like like if someone said up until today we didn't really know each other right. but if someone said Do you know Tate Fletcher i be like oh fuck yeah I know sure, Tate sure. but that's also because I follow you on Instagram and I've tracked
1: I've been tracking it's you. It's weird for like, how you get to know each other like yeah, that, Yeah, right? it's like,
0: dude, I'm dying to find about when you went down to fucking South America to shoot that movie. Right. Like, like there are yeah. certain things that I know about you, but I don't know. Anyway,
1: go back to your story about the girl. Like, oh, anyway, yeah, just it's that, it's that silly, silliness that goes yeah. on where you're like, I want, it's like people that are like, oh, I got a real problem with the way George Clooney is behaving in this situation. It's like George Clooney doesn't know you. Shut up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean. It's like let's <laughs> cut it out. Like that's—I know you're trying to attack greatness yeah. so that you seem relevant. Stop that. Attack like, greatness y- so you seem and, relevant. And uh, and and there's 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 that that whole thing. But like, I, I was telling this woman, I go, you know, the problem is, is like, is that none, nobody calls anybody on their stuff, and like, you don't ever call any of those people out and go. I mean, you can see your dumpy, frumpy friend and be like, oh, no, you look hot, girl. You're going to turn some heads tonight. Yeah. And that you know you're biting your tongue saying that. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. How about you help her out and go, you look a little like diabetes and maybe we should tighten up your game a little bit and look towards excellence and, like – and that isn't everywhere. You know. Like
0: excellence is such a brilliant statement.
1: Well, what, wherever that is, I, I look towards like, And so I can't do that on my own because I'm a lazy fucking slovenly dude on my own. You know, like, I, I, I need people that I aspire to be. And so that's when I bring when I bring up, whether it's Joe or Ari. Like, I look at Ari moving to New York. How brave is that? Dude, so brave. So brave, man. He's in the thing where he's in the, a sweet spot, really. I'm going to open for Joe Rogan wherever he goes and this and that. And he goes, but then I'm always going to... I don't always want to be an opener, dude. I want to go out and I want to be able to... Carry my own weight even more
0: and i can't it's say this amazing I, I hope already listens to this because i don't know if i've ever said this to him i definitely haven't said this to him because i don't say this to anyone i haven't said this to anyone ever this is like something that i keep secret i just got out of therapy like like 15 20 minutes ago so i feel very vulnerable but like it is very difficult for an established comedian to go hat in hand to a club that he doesn't work at and say i would like to start working here case in point the comedy store yeah. I'd always, I always liked hanging out at the comedy store. I always liked the comedy store. I always thought the vibe was interesting. And it was more my style than the improv. And, and it, twice, maybe three times, I've gone to the comedy store, hat in hand, and re- been rejected every time. Really? As recent as uh, a couple months ago, and I was with Al Madrigal. Al Madrigal went and said, "You know, Bert should be a regular here." By the way, I don't, I don't need this to fulfill my ego. Sure, I need. I, Maybe I do, I don't know, I don't know, but like but i I don't do sets in sit in the town much anyway, and i and I'm when I come in town, I try to stay sober, and I like, think like that's my my struggle mm-hmm. is like I get off the road, and I'm like, fucking clean your shit up, lose weight, get healthy, right, dial it in, yeah, and so, but it is. It it it, just, it fucked with my head when the guy said we are backlogged and he wasn't saying it as a dick but he was like was well, that Beth, Adam I don't and by the way there's another reason I probably I don't right, right. know who I talk to but right, right. <laughs> but uh, but he used to work at the Tempe Improv he's a cool dude and I know him and he likes me but he's right. like we're so backlogged with people that should be working here like ton- like like bigger names than you that you just got to give us a time to get up and running and I was like fine but it's still a no and I was like fuck it. I I don't have that in me to do that anymore. I just don't have it. It I um to too, continue to try to continue to try to go back to go back to the comedy store and go. Hey man, how about now? That's not in me. I don't, that's dead. Right. I, I don't have that, and I can't. I need to protect the shit I got inside me to help me get through the the part that makes money. Right. You know that. But I was so impressed with Ari. Like I can't even say this, but like. I don't
1: have what he has. His bravery,
0: His bravery. It, it's bravery. It's bravery. He's got
1: a courage in
0: him. And you know, Ari is fucking like, oh, dude, whatever. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? Right? Yeah. There's a lot of clubs I don't pay. You know, Ari, the way he fucking literally just yep. glances over shit. But I was so proud. Not proud of him, but I admired that. Like, fuck it. I've always wanted to be a New York comic. I always wanted to see what it's like doing a New York comic. Moving to New York and 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 watching guys that are, you know, whatever list you want to put it on. But I'll say it for real. Below him. Yep. Working these clubs and then feeling they have domain over him right. because he hasn 't passed yet, and then where does that put you in your head when you go to sleep at night I was it 's one of the fucking bravest
1: things i 've seen a comic do he 's dope he he i mean and 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 leaving and going I feel like i 've exhausted this town. something would have popped for me here if it were going to i 'm known, and i 'm going to go over to this coast and do. It thought that's so badass because i'd always looked at comedy too like the way i really i mean i started it just because i would uh tour with with joe and whoever went on the road with him and so i got to see a ton of comedy yeah and um really i always would like to go early and appreciate the open micers because to me those are the bravest guys in the room like they're in there trying and and then all the then as i go on because it looks easy when you or joe or somebody is up there and like you command the sway of hundreds or thousands of people with your voice like that's a crazy amount of control but yeah. like when you see guys that are, stay good comics go out and eat shit because they're trying brand new stuff i go you got to be open micer all over again like you're you're steadily in an open mic state you can't ever be like i've got this in a way and you, yeah. so you have to have this huge confidence but yes al- also this vulnerability that is saying like well i'm going to try this one and i'm not sure about and, and that's fucking rad and i think that's the, the the place of of beating the ego down where it takes in order to make new material right it's like yeah. it's like it's easy like because eddie murphy or whatever or whoever it is that's like like huge leviath like you're not supposed to suck but to get better and to be good he has to come for, out and suck it's for him to rule. come
0: back he's got to go out and really suck for a year for a long time yeah and and some people kn- some people can can't create that hour and, can and they can 't do it. What was it like going from like a place yeah. of 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 fucking hardcore armor a fucking cage fighter to like auditioning
1: oh it 's well and the thing is to me it 's this it 's i' always trained with savages, so it was like. You're going to go in, and you're going to have your ass handed to you. I mean, I'm in a room with, like, like there is a lot of talent, like smaller guys, like St. Pierre or whatever, Like, which was, like, that's a different kind of, like, that's this way smaller dude than me. But, like, guys like Rashad, Nate Marquardt, Keith Jardine, like, that are yeah. there regularly. I, like, those are my guys, and it's like, and they are fucking savage, you know? And, and that was another thing I looked at, too, in that, I, I mean, I kind of got lucky to get, thrown in i mean i've been so fortunate but like to be in a position where i started way older both keith and i, I think we had our first professional fight at like 31 years old or something like that like Wait, how old are you it was uh it was i'm 40 uh 43 shut the fuck up yeah. you yeah. crammed a bunch of adulthood in crazy dude so anyway we did all you know we ran this course and, I, and i'm thinking about these and i'm like these guys aren't the best in the world and you're not them and so at the top, 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 top level, you're mediocre. And I was like, okay. So that, and, and so guys that fight that really go, you've got to have the audacity to be like, I'm going to be champion no matter what. Like, and, and I was like, I don't really, I, I've got too much of a knowledge about the reality of this situation to yeah. think that about me. And this was always like, for me, like fighting was always like an expression of like, look, like who are you now in this horrible, um, very specific you're naked in front of all your friends, enemies, people waiting for you to fall, your mom, everybody. Who are you in this makeup when you may get dominated in the most primal way by somebody else or vice versa? Like like who are you under that kind of pressure and leading up to that? And like are you going to be able to exact your art in the way that you've been training to or like – and so it's kind of like that no pressure, no diamond, and I would always seek out huge amounts of pressure to put myself under, and that was my training, and that was my, my uh, expression, really, as a fighter. Um, I started off with stick fights. I've done hundred, literally hundreds of stick fights uh, where it's you and me, and I've got a stick, and you've got a stick, like a 30-inch rattan stick, and a face mask so you don't cut your eyes, and we go. And, um,
0: and, and, and and you just fucking.
1: And you go, you're, you're, you're trying to block and hit and not be hit. And if the fight goes and you attack, that's all I got into jiu-jitsu. If, you know, you crash, like it gets too hot and you're stung and you get hurt. And you tackle me and now we're on the ground. And so now you better know jiu-jitsu or you're going to be lost. You're like, you're like a guppy. a where can I watch a stick fight match? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I've, uh, there's, I don't know if they're on YouTube. Uh, there's a ton. We've got a ton of tape. Uh, the group called the Dog Brothers is who I fought with. And um, I fought with a guy named Arlen Sanford that was my teacher, who was one of the founding members of that. And we would come out from New Mexico. We'd come out and smash uh, California dudes. Wait, how do you get and into and dudes st- from all over? Dudes from Switzerland would come, Canada, everywhere. Like, how do you get into stick fight? Like, I what- just got lucky. I met this guy that uh, he was a Muay Thai guy, and I was like, I was looking for. something to do anything to do like outside of my head you know i couldn't shut my head up and i wait how old are you at this time i was 23 i guess what were
0: you doing at like two days before you found stick fighting
1: well i'd been um i'd gotten locked up on a bank robbery charge like the earlier that year i guess or the year before okay then let's go fucking
0: a month before this wait (laughs) tell me about this i know nothing about this (laughs) Um, is this, unless you don't want to talk about no,
1: it, no man, it's fine. I, uh, is this stuff
0: that you fucking kind of
1: I, distance from? I, I mean, it, it, it everything is what it is. You know what I mean? So I don't hide from any of it. But it's like, yeah, I had, a I you know, I, I grew up in northern Michigan and um, great family, and I love to. Uh, Drink and get high, and I like that so much that my world becomes that, and I just sell dope and uh, have a lot of, um you know, one of those really true to form guys. That's like you got so much potential, and that you know, like my sister would always tell me later, years later, she's like Tate, don't date anybody based on their potential. And I was like, I know that's right because I know that all that potential for me <laughs> ends up in a federal penitentiary or a rehab center or something. And so that was kind of like that's kind of like I. I just hung around with a bunch of colorful folks and, and, um, and was one, and we got into a lot of different um, scenarios like that. And one of them, it was I'd, I'd overdosed like maybe a month before that. I'd gotten really sick. I'd been sober for about a year or something, and then I had a, a really destructive relapse where I thought that things were going to be different this time, and they weren't. Um, Is that how all relapses go? I guess, I mean, I, I think the thing is the danger for a, for a real alcoholic is that you think that it'll be different this next time. Like, it yeah. can't possibly go bad because I see all these other people that are fine with it, that there's impunity to it. And, and so, like, before it goes, you never think it's going to go south. You never go like, mm, fuck, we're going straight to the jail right now. Like, you don't think yeah. that. You're like, I'm just going to have a few beers and have a good time. And, uh, you know, they, there's a great saying that the the... The man takes a drink, the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes the man kind of. And, and so my choices would get really limited, you know, and I'd get ideas that maybe weren't the best ideas that I'd be like, this is a great idea. And uh, so any anyway, uh, that was the last time I'd, I'd uh, run into a horrible, horrible scrape like that. Um, and, uh, and it was just, it was a life changing event for me, I would say. I, I mean, things really altered a lot. And I go, I've got to, you got to do something differently in life. Your mom's looking at you in five point restraints in an orange suit and you're behind glass and like the whole thing. And I was like, this is where you thought your life would always end up. And congratulations, asshole. Here you are. And um, did, you so, get
0: a, did you get a panic attack when you get on a,
1: a five point restraint?
0: No. Oh, so I, that would fucking, I'd be like, please don't do this. I'll do whatever you
1: want. I just get, get rid me out of this. I'm good in, uh, I'm. I mean, from a lot of the, this life, I, I like. I'm really like in. Then it went into cage fighting, jiu-jitsu tournaments, um, whatever. I'm. I react very well under high pressure, kind of. Um, I don't know, like in that chaos, like I, I'm good there. Really, like that's where I like to live. And so that was always. I, I would never get flustered or weird. Like I'm great there. And now that. And that's when I got it. When I got into stunts, I'm like, oh, this is good. This is. It's like that. You know. It's like. Except it's different than a fight because you walk into, like, stunts and you go, okay, what's going to happen is this bus is going to drive by. You're going to jump off the roof onto it. And, uh, okay. And so, or, or you're, there's going to be a car driving. You're going to walk in between two cars. You're going to step into the road and then it's going to hit you the car that's driving by and so you're walking in you know it's not like you're going to go okay you're going to go out there and you're going to throw a jab and then you're going to come back and you're going to faint and then you're going to get head kicked it's not yeah. you're not expecting to get head kicked ever when you get head kicked if that yeah. happens you know what i mean whereas in the stunt world you're walking into the wrecks knowing that the wreck is there and this is supposed to happen and also don't make it look graceful it's got to look fucked up like it's it's like it, it's you a, don't want to be like this you want to be like yeah, so, that's so. Yeah, okay. So in those in the, in those instances, like it was a easy. All those things were easy segues for me. But um, uh, as far as like, yeah, that was that was that that was what led me into all that, and I needed something. So that's how I found stick fighting. Was like I needed something that was highly adrenalized that centered me right now. Because if you're not present in the moment, it was like my first real experience with what meditation felt like. Where's like you, yeah, but I don't like meditate, where you don't need to meditate. be steady in the moment. Or you're unconscious. You're going to get clunked in the head with the stick and you're going to go down. And and so like that was my first real experience that I could put words to and I go, oh, this is where you're hyper-present. This is where all the world is one and you're here and it's just fucking energy swirling around you and everything is the same. And it wouldn't happen without this guy that's swinging the stick at me. It wouldn't happen without me. And you need to be right here now and so does he. And it, it, there's something so powerful in that for me. I, I was just, like, sprung on fighting and combat since then. God. And uh, so then I jumped into it. And then I, I, you know, started grappling and got really good at jiu-jitsu. And then we took tournaments. every. We would, would go everywhere. And then um, when the opportunity came up to do stick fights, we were like, fuck, yeah, let's do that, you know. that. Because all the other fights are like, you're going to fight several times today and you don't know who it's going to be and there's no weight class. And versus, uh, you're going to go into this fight against this guy at this weight on this date. And it's like, oh, okay, that's way easier. <laughs> in a, in a way way, easier you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that was kind of that. And then uh, while I'm doing that, I, I ended up getting a SAG card and getting into acting because I was working in a nightclub. Um, I get called, one of my guys calls me in the front door and says, hey, there's these guys up here they want to talk to you and I go okay and I go up to the front and you never really know what that means when you, you yeah. come and <laughs> here's like five big black guys that, and uh, they're like hey what's up and I go hey I'm Tate what's going on and they go hey uh, well we're doing this film we work for Master P and we uh, we need some big white boys for this movie and I go all right cool and I was like, I'll get a list and we'll come out and we got and so anyway me what and What was the called, movie? Was that the movie It's with- called Lockdown
0: Oh, well, I think I'm, I'm. a big master like beef fan. Two thousand,
1: yeah. But oh. he, he put out like four movies a year. He did for, the one with Eddie with Eddie Griffin. Did you ever see that one? I don't know. Oh, I saw that one too. Um, There's another comic that's in this one. He plays a wheel. He's in a wheelchair. A black guy. I forget his goddamn Mike. It's not Mike Apps. I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah. We can look. I'll look. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he. Uh, uh, so I went out there, and that's where I got a sad card. I worked for a month on it. I got paid like ten grand, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is awesome!" And then the guy, uh, Keith Willard, he was the stunt coordinator on it, and he goes, "Dude, because they would just conflated everything. It's like you're an actor, but also you're going to fall off this building, and you're going to get in these fights, <laughs> and, and like you know, I was just like production. whatever." And then he go, and and only on the days when you speak. Or when you do a big action, are we going to pay you as a as the SAG minimum? Other than that, you're going to get paid as an extra. I go okay, whatever. And, and and then I had to call SAG about my check about something. They go, oh no, they can't fucking do that. They're going to pay. And then they just they paid me for the whole thing because they're going to pay me like a third or something of like it would have been like that's ridiculous. You're hired as this actor on it. Like that's what you get paid for. Yeah. So anyway, did that and then Keith was like, dude, you should come to L.A. And this is like in 2000. This is right when I just started doing like. Uh, like submission grappling, and jiu-jitsu tournaments. And uh, and he goes, you ought to come out and just live at my house, and, and uh, there's a bunch of work, and, and I go, ah, I'm just doing this thing, and I just a kid from Michigan, like going to being in the movies, that's unrealistic. I'm We're gonna, in
0: Michigan. I'm going to Michigan. I grew uh, up
1: in tomorrow. Alpena on the shore of Lake Huron, which is not a place that you'll go if you're going for people that have money. That's in the UP? Um, no, it's in, but northern, it's up on the shore of Lake Huron. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's uh, like maybe a couple hours north of Saginaw. All
0: right, yeah, I yeah. flew into Saginaw.
1: Okay. Yeah. Where are you I, going?
0: I, I flew in. Uh, well, we were. We were. I'm going to. What's the? What's the, is it? Saginaw Island? What's no? What's the island? Mackinac Island. Mackinac Island. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. south of there. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going into Michigan. We're doing. Uh, we're doing a bunch of stuff in the UP. That is awesome. I did, but I just came back from there. Uh, Like a couple months ago, Mackinac Island is fun, and we're yeah we're going to a brewery. We're going to. I love Michigan. I really love Michigan. The the joke I make is that there's more
1: things to do in Michigan during the winter than Eskimos have the for the word snowflake. (laughs) There is like it's so. I mean, ice fishing and snow machines and all like all of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go back in November and go deer hunting. Like that's kind of my thing. Is like uh, November 15th is such a big deal in my hometown. Like for deer hunting, Did like there's no school. the teachers aren't showing up the kids aren't showing people they're just like we give up we'll just call it a holiday that's like it was it was it was was awesome anyway so yeah that's that that's uh that's where i grew up
0: so so so
1: you get when you you get into you get into acting
0: almost simultaneously with kids yeah
1: and then i just uh i just kept uh i worked in that club for a while I, i worked on a couple little things that came up and then i moved out here and like I think it was two. Th- when it was whenever it was like two thousand four, two thousand five. Whenever the um, the longest yard was, I had, uh, and that's where I met Joy Diaz. It was on the yeah. longest yard, and he's rapping the whole Ready to Die album, ninety degree weather at seven thousand feet in the middle of a prison yard, and I'm like, this fucker's gonna die right here. Like he was <laughs> four hundred pounds of love, just fucking screaming Biggie, yeah. and um, I was like, oh my god, and so that like my relationship with him precedes all those guys like really? I, I met joey and then we became buddies and and um me and my girlfriend we our whole intent was like okay we got to get him chlorophyll get him a lot of water make sure just let's make sure he doesn't die here that's all yeah. we're doing and uh he is dope and we've been great friends since then and and then i moved with that movie out here i'd had a uh i don't know three or four pro fights i guess since then and then I was like, fuck it, I've done what I... It's kind of like Ari in in L.A. It's like, I've done what I can do here. I don't see this progressing anymore, and I don't like to coast, and so I'm going to go. And we came to L.A., and... And then that whole part of the story started, you know, and it's just been and, and it 's just been uh, one thing after the other, but like when you say, what would I do with a, if whatever happened and i didn 't get to be common like is, isn 't tracy morgan didn't he just get in a horrible accident, get yeah. a brain injury right like I think so I, yeah. I saw a stand up after that post uh, that accident and uh and I think it's probably really good for his brain to retrain it to me- for the memorization and the going through like it's probably great therapy in a way, but like um that kind of stuff i couldn't imagine and i I started thinking about that stuff just in uh you know traumatic brain injury as far as fights go and all that stuff too and so i I, i'd seen a lot of guys when i decided to get out of it and i'd seen and and one of the guys that was on the ultimate fighter with me too and he got hurt really badly uh we got knocked out several times inside a fight inside a round you know and um and i just was like man it's not um they don't even know where that goes, you know, like how bad it gets, and so we've been researching a lot of that. I'm going to go actually get my brain mapped in the next week or two in Dallas at a center. Are you really? Um, yeah, like I'll park. Like it's like stuff comes up where you got these memory blanks and this and that, and if there's something wrong, I want to be able to. Yeah, but I don't I want to hide that too, from and it. And I haven't been knocked out a bunch, right? Like I get, I literally. And I, I so the last was- time I went to New Mexico, I, I have a car that I leave there. I have a home there, and then I have a place in Venice and. I have a car in each place, and uh, I left, and I was, like, coming out here to work on this show Westworld for HBO, and I knew I'd be here for a long time, so I'd just get a ride to the airport. The hour It's an hour from Santa Fe to the airport, and yeah. uh, so that's what I do, and then I came back, and uh, my mom's there, and she came and picked me up and, at the airport, and I'd been gone two months, and I went back to Santa Fe, and I go to my driveway, and my car's not there, and I call a guy that rents for me I go where's my car he goes last time I saw it you were in it and I go oh, all right and then I go to the gym I have a gym there and not there And I'm like this is weird and then my jiu-jitsu coach the guy that coaches at the gym uh Ruben Rivera his girlfriend had left She says oh I parked by Tate at the airport so I, I parked my car and left it at an airport and no recollection of it I went back to the airport and there's my car and it's $500 in parking or whatever it is. That's how, and it sounds like, it, to me, that's a huge amount. In LA, that's like three days, there are two months of parking, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so there's shit, there's stuff like that. So they're bigger. Stuff they're bigger like, than just stuff being like,
0: like, "What's that guy's name?" And, and
1: it's different stuff like that. Like I could work out with you every single day. We train every single day together. I know you. I like you. I know Bert Kreischer. Burt Kreischer. Bert, I could say that. And then I go, I don't know his name. What I can picture him and where is he? And I, what letter do I go at and face? Like, there's that really? kind of stuff. And 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 like, and I'm good. Like I'm I'm, like real cognizant of how fortunate I am. I know a lot of guys that aren't like that. You know, I know really? a guy. Like anyway, there's a lot of that stuff, and then there's a, lot, a bunch of my friends are you know in special forces stuff, and there's a lot of TBI in that from explosions and things like that. And so I wonder. there's gonna. I sound... just want to go find out more. It's good to know? get a, uh, have I, a baseline, right? And base... then in five years, I can go back and go. Well, at least we have this baseline because in five years, if I don't do anything, I go and check it out. That will be what the baseline is, and that isn't going to help me. So I want to be I proactive about my own health. you ever
0: did drugs or alcohol? You seem so fucking uh, put together. Uh, like I, like. I, well, I my whole thing was when um I have heart disease in my family. Mm-hmm. So I went in to get a CT scan where they find out how much blockage you have. Yep. I walked in and I was I'm a, I'm a big panicker and I was panicking. I was f- visible that I was upset and I didn't want to be there and this old black woman, they're the best. I love black women. She was a nurse, intake nurse. She's an intake nurse and she said, "Let me tell you something, honey. It's better that you're walking through those doors than us rolling you through those doors." And I thought, she goes, the fact that you're walking in, that means we won't have to roll you in for a long time. That is so and I was nice. like, fuck, that's right. It's amazing, like little statements like that. Little yeah, angels in this world you, that kinda man. go drop something on you and you're like, Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm and then I got I was every totally fine with my heart. But I'm like, I'm glad I got a baseline. I know where yeah. I am right now. That's a it's a brilliant statement. More people need to do that with life, with with especially life. with health.
1: I mean the whole thing is I look at it and I go, Why would I I mean Anymore, I don't know. I'm sure you feel like this. Like, I, I you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm doing pretty well. Things are rolling. Like, I never thought they would. I never, ever thought they would. Yeah. Not ever. I never, ever thought that. Did and you ever think you'd have to have an IMD? the other shoe's gonna drop yeah. and shit is gonna go south. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and now I look at it and I really know it in my heart. I go, Things are not ever going to go south. They're only going to get better. Things are only going to improve. And I really have that in my consciousness. And, it, and it's been true. You know, like I, you wake up every morning and you're like, this, you know, it, it feels like it won't. But every other day I've had success with, like I've gotten through it and things have been okay. Things are going to be okay. And just that feeling, man, it takes away all that, that, that panic that you can live with. I think especially oh. if you grow up in chaos, if you grow up and you're, you're one of those guys that's like, it's just been turmoil forever, so I don't know. There's no consistency with where the wind's blowing from, so I don't know how to base myself, so I feel buffeted around by life. And if you've you know, you, you got to train yourself out of that if that's part of what your makeup is. And it was certainly how I felt, and I've just really gotten to a point where I'm on the other side of that, but it takes a lot of proactivity because then you've got to go, well, how do I direct my life instead of letting my life happen to me? When people talk about destiny or faith, and I used to think they were the same thing. And this old taoist guy like would talk about it, and he 'd speak of it in terms of like um or or f- fate or destiny, and he 'd say, you know fate is what 's going to happen if you just sit on the couch. life is going to happen to you." He says, and destiny is something you're going to have to fight your fate for. You're going to have to strive to, to climb over the boulders and to fight for your destiny. And that's a man searching and seeking with his purpose. And now knowing what your purpose is is a whole different thing. And so it's like walk towards the next good thing until that becomes evident to you of what it, what it might be. And and, and, that, and that's been the thing. And for me, it's just been, you know, in, in a lot of ways, is, and like a lot of my experiences have brought me to it, of going, how do you help the guys coming behind you? How can you empower yourself to be the best representation of you you can be so that that would be attractive or powerful to somebody behind you so you can cut the time off of their misery despair or negative emotions that they're having because those negative emotions no matter what they are they don't ever pay any rent you know the only kind of negative shit i would look at is i'd go that dude's bouncing and he's a 40 year old now i'm 28 and i'm bouncing what does that look awesome if it doesn't look awesome you better start moving your feet differently because if you don't you end up and i would just use dudes like that as like that That's a guy that never smiles. There's what his life looks like at 50. Is that what you're going for? And I would just use other dudes as a template. I go, I'm the same as that. Wherever I put my feet is the difference. And so I got real conscious about where to put my feet. And, like, I go, I don't know how to be an awesome fighter, but I know that, you know, all these other guys, I'm like, I'm just going to walk like the way they walk. And I'm going to do that. And so, like, I think that's what we all do is, like, we mimic excellence as long as we're honest. Because the thing is, is like my friend I was talking to earlier today, who's going, oh, honey, you look great. You look, it, you, Yeah, wear that half shirt or whatever when she shouldn't wear that half shirt. If you're going to lie to people like that, you don't ever really have a good basis. You don't have that baseline of going, yeah, yeah, this is really, this is in actuality. Because I believe that like that goodness and positivity will work no matter what. But it's got to come, you got to come at it honestly. You know yeah. what I mean? Have you, ever thought, have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to get more disciplined. I've got to. It's. it's uh,
0: I've got it, to do that. I mean, you, the things you're saying, you know, for a person that is, and I, f- I feel like I've got my shit together, but I don't. In big ways, I don't have my shit together. In big ways, I know I don't. I don't have my shit together, and I'm having a hard time fucking reeling it in. But, uh, but like, you're saying things that are that are. A lot of things, dude, fucking... Like a 22-year-old me would have loved to have heard. Like uh, That's
1: years- why I think about writing, yeah, is is for the, that audience.
0: Yeah, that's who... And it's guys that... It's a lot of guys that listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah. I mean, they I... That are working in a thankless job that they're like, I know I'm better than this, but I have to fucking pay rent. I get it, man. I get it. You know, and that's the thing, too, is, I, man... Also, there's an entitlement that I got to speak to with that because in the fight community, I see it all the time and and guys are like, this is my job. This is fucking what I do. I'm just living for this. I gave up everything for this. And it's like, if you're giving up everything for that thing, you're probably a dickhead. That's really a self-centered way to go about your life. So stop that shit. and. Other than that, it's also not true. You're just a drama queen. Like, that's the other part of that. You know, yeah. you're very dramatic. Awesome. You'll make a great girlfriend for somebody. Like, <laughs> hilarious. But the thing the thing is, is like, I work thankless jobs. I didn't like throwing people out of a bar or having somebody fucking spit at me or fucking getting somebody's blood on me or fucking any of that shit but I did all that stuff because that night job was the only thing that offered me to train twice a day like the thing I loved was the training you know it's like it's like comics I know they don't like to fucking wait tables or they don't like to do this or that or or why are they working another delivery job and they're always fired because well they got an opportunity to go on the road and then they lost a fucking real job and they and so it's like we you know those that shake their own tree we live in this fucking weird balance for a long time of like we do the thing we have to do because this is the thing that doesn't pay us anything except soul food and that soul food's what we need, and I think a lot of us would kill ourselves if we didn't have that thing to do. Whether you become a known comic or or a known fighter or not, like, there's that thing that that has to get expressed in certain people, I think. And and so you just do that thing and fucking suck up and go, God damn, I'm grateful that I had that nightclub job because it allowed me to do this thing that really fed me. And I fucking am so grateful for that, you know? And I think that's a huge part of it is to live in that appreciation instead of that state of whininess, you know, because there's no there's no recovery in whininess. There's no you know, there's no getting better.
0: Yeah, it's my uh my wife, my daughter, my wife will always say to my daughters, you got two wolves, you got the good wolf, and the bad wolf. Who are you giving food to? Right. My my daughter, I always it's a bad wolf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i a- like that one that snarls yeah. <laughs> that's what I've, there's this old story i just read that was like uh there there's a dog o- outside each uh, a door doors are identical the one dog's wagging his tail and happy to see you and, and scratches ears and he's just stoked and the other dog is he's like snapping if you get too close to him he's fucking barking angry growling And then the guy's like, "I got to look inside these rooms," and he looks inside the room with the happy dog outside it, and he's like, "Oh, it's just mirrors. It's all mirrors in here." So, oh, cool. Closes the door, and the dog's just seeing happy smile. Goes in the other room. It's just mirrors. You know, it's just the same thing. It's like whatever I'm putting in that mirror, the universe. It's like I get that back. You know, it's like it's like I'm sure you find on Twitter and all that stuff. There's very few dickheads. Like, I find a fucking fantastic, welcoming, loving community. And, and whether it's all the death squad guys or fight guys or fucking whoever, all these people out there, especially every one of Duncan Trussell's people, holy shit. Dude.
0: <laughs> right? I but, mean, But Duncan the, the, the is... thing
1: is, is like, it's not that there's not racist, shitty, homophobic, uh, you know, scarcity-driven people that are out there. But they're not in, I don't, they don't interact in my world. I pretend like they don't even exist. Oh, because then know, I'm happier. Because, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I want to answer the guy that I I should just block. Yep. Why am I more attached to the negative guy than the guy that's like, dude, I really loved you on that thing, or what, I, like, I, I won't answer him. Yeah. But the guy that said that you suck and, and your mom's a cunt, like, I'm going to get after that guy. Like, dude, it's it, You're totally right about that.
0: I, I find myself, and I talk to my therapist about this. Why is it that I, I draw in these negative comments, like I, like, uh. Uh, I did Barry Katz's podcast.
1: You know Barry Katz? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't Barry. know. I know who he is. Yeah.
0: I did Barry Katz's podcast. And uh, uh, I, I feel like I fucking edit myself so much lately. And it's just because I talked to my therapist about this. I have a lot to lose. He's like, if you didn't have, to live, have anything to lose, how would you speak? And I said, i just, I'd be fucking, I'd be shouting at whatever the fuck I wanted. And he was like, then be that guy. Don't worry, you're not going to lose it. Nothing's going anywhere. And I was, so I had big beef with Jay Moore, and it was a fucking uh, fans pick teams. Barry Katz is on Jay Moore's team, obviously. I Barry calls me. I've known Barry forever. He asked me to do his podcast, and part of me was like, okay. And he asked, uh, you know, what asked about Jay, and I had nothing that bad to say, but I, but I is I. I was way, and I and and by the way, on this podcast, I ended up crying twice, only because there were really beautiful moments in my life that I'd share with Barry, and I'm not a guy that runs away from emotion, and uh, and then Barry at the same time uh, called me an alcoholic and said, you know. Uh, or when are you going to admit you're an alcoholic? I think was this question, and I was like, "The
1: fuck? Why are we doing this? What here? a Weird thing to yeah. say I was like, to a not guy. Let's do this now. Do it privately in a hotel room. Yeah, if you. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too is if you actually genuinely cared about me, yeah, <laughs> uh, you <laughs> wouldn't be putting me on blast right here. Like, what's it
0: it's, was? A, it was a weird, it's like, a little unmanly. But it was a very, it was a very weird podcast. And Ari, I went out to lunch with Ari the next day, and I talked the, or breakfast, and I talked the whole breakfast about it with Ari. And Ari's like, Bert, don't worry about it. Literally don't worry about it. You, there's nothing you can do about it now. It's a podcast. And number two, who gives a fuck if you cry twice? And once. A, and they're both about really great things that happen to me. It's, be- it's positive That's beautiful,
1: tears. then, because and, that's, yeah. all, that's all. all. That's That's great.
0: And yeah. I never said anything negative about Jay. I've never said anything negative about Jay. But I knew that there's two camps that are waiting to attack. One's waiting to attack me. So literally, Barry texts me says, the podcast's going out at 12.01. And I'm like... Okay, so I go to fucking. I go to first thing in the morning and the first. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got a fucking meeting at CBS after this. I go to. I go to um, the. Don't worry about it. It's, it's a man cave. <laughs> uh, I go to the Twitter the first thing in the morning and I start scrolling for negative shit. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I looking for negativity? Like, this isn't. Am I, I literally walked in the man cave and I went, why am I. What am I doing looking for negativity? Right. And there was none. There was oh there. rad! And, and it was, and, and and I listened to the podcast, and it, it, there's uncomfortable moments, but it's none- it doesn't read as powerful as
1: you felt like it was. It,
0: yeah, and it's because it was an intimate conversation, and, and it was in front of some people, and and all of it seems fair, and, and it was all positivity. And I was like, man, no one's looking for the negativity. No one's maybe people are changing. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's maybe I've
1: blocked. I've never it's blocked not, anybody. It's but, not even that people are changing. I don't think it's like you control the flow of it. Yeah, you're you're leading. You're leading whatever the train is by whatever it is you're doing. That's what I'm finding. It's like there's this weird thing that's happening, and, and technologically it, it helps us with the way we're advancing so quickly, I think. But there's like a, a a pulling the future into the present, a pulling whatever reality it is into yourself, and that's why it's so nice to not attach to negativity and to just block that stuff out because it's really irrelevant. Does it, does it feed me? Does it pay me? Is it going to make me happier? Is it going to help the people that I love around me? If it doesn't, then I
0: ignore it. You're right. Pulling the future into the present and Huge. negativities dragging the past
1: behind you. Yeah, and you just cut that loose and you're free. Yeah. You get to get free. And the thing about crying and all that shit is like, if anything reads in this world, even through Twitter comments, it's authenticity. Like people can fucking see that. If you're in front of a camera, people, that's what makes a good actor or a bad actor. Yeah. Like, is he uh, is he pretending authentically? Like, is he, which means, is he really there? Is he really tricked his own mind into being that character right now in this place? Like, or being on stage. It's like, are you, like, be uncommitted to a bit and go and do it. Let me know how it goes. I've been there. You know what I mean? It's like being <laughs> uncommitted to a a, a a shot in wrestling, like a double leg. It's like, I can teach you distance, changing your level. I can teach you which leg to push off of, but I can't teach you how to commit. And if you don't believe in that shot and you don't commit... Then you'll never take anybody down. You know what I mean, and that and that becomes the thing too. Is like, is like getting my own definitions for things because I used to be like, oh, commitment. Like you'd read on Facebook and some silly bitch is going, get yourself a real man that likes commitment and all this shit. And sh- sh- fuck, I'm taking her definition. She doesn't even know what that is. But really and truly, when I look at it, anything in life, if you're not committed. And whether that's your woman, it's like what what grass. You know, people always talk about the grass always greener. The grass is greener where you fucking water it, right? Yeah. Like that. That's it. Like and and uh, one of my old teachers, he'd be like, you know, I would. He's like, I would just diminish her, and I would be like, look at my wife. Look at she's. I can't believe she wore that dress. Or is she flirting with that guy. And anytime I thought any negative thought, that got bigger. Anytime I go. God, her eyes are so bright. She looks just like the young girl that I started dating. That, And this is an old man telling me all this. And... uh the, the more I looked at her great attributes about the lilt of her voice, about all that stuff, the more beautiful she got forever and ever and ever into into where we are now. And, like, those are the things. It's like, what am I focusing on? And when I focus on that good and I focus on your good and the good of fucking, you know, pushing that movement toward – like, that's why I say I don't want a business, man. I want a movement. I want a movement of – of because that's the only thing that's saving us. Like yeah. the, Like, whether it's any corporations or whether it's anything – The only way we're all getting saved is by being together and going, no, there's a unification here. And we're not separate. We're not so different. And when we can get in those likenesses, that's when we become brothers, you know, in in all that way. And any of that hatred and shit and all that stuff, all that negative stuff is just fear. But it comes from not wanting to check ourselves. And that not wanting to check ourselves is not wanting to know who we are. And, like, wanting to know who we are is the thing. And so you got to take yourself out of who you think you are. And so that was what I was really grateful for is like me didn't become me because I contrived an idea and a path to do it. Me became me because I burnt roads down. And I go, here we are, and this looks like the end of this. And I'm not a coaster. And so then I go, Okay, well you gotta go the next thing. And now go to LA, you got no money in your pocket, nobody knows who the fuck you are, you don't matter to anybody. Who are you now? Who are you with nothing? Who are you with nothing? Who are you when you've dissolved to nothing? You know, you've become, you're you're irreducible. What is the irreducible part of yourself that cannot be reduced anymore? Whether it's your soul or whatever that thing is, what is that thing? What does it stand for? What ground does it have? Does it need to defend anything? You know, and that was the other thing. One of my fucking teachers, he'd go... I, I, we were reading this book together. I go, you got know, Like, what does this mean? Like, where, where does this come up? I've heard a bunch of different iterations of this. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, I don't have any answers for that kid. I go, you one of the wisest guys. I know you got it. He goes, nah. He says, I quit having answers a long time ago. He says, every time I had an answer, I had ground I had to defend. He says, I prefer having questions. And then the whole world opens up to me. And, I, Jesus Christ. And, and it's like it's like it's dudes like that it's like that kind of thinking that's colored me into going what's really important, defending this idea or else or else would you rather you know would you rather be loving or would you rather be right that you know that's a big thing that comes up a lot you know whenever I get you know my panties in a bunch about something it's like i'm trying to be right or defend something and it's like i want to be happy man and i want you to be happy i don't need somebody to be wrong like that's all some shit like whenever that stuff comes up for me that's my six-year-old that lives inside me that's calling the shots on a 240 pound body which is ridiculous it looks silly and i just go you got to stop it tate you look ridiculous you know i mean it, it but it and it becomes like that's the that's the value of that is it becomes laughable it's like oh, okay that is silly. that's just silly
0: yeah, but I was. What's a day look like for you? Like, like, because <clears throat> I'm trying to like, based on what I like, all of this information is coming on what I know of you through podcasts and through and pictures Instagram. on Instagram. <laughs> and it's so interesting. It's like I, every time I look, at I knew you were sober. Um, i and I and and now that I now, and when you, as soon as you started talking about the, as soon as you said Michigan, because you and I knew you're from New Mexico, but as soon as you said Michigan, I remembered hearing you tell that story before, and I was right. like, I was like, okay, yep, but like. Like, what do you, like, are you one of those, like, wake up
1: at 6 a.m. kind of guy? No. no, I mean, if I have to. Yeah. If they're paying me, I'm up. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I, I um, and I wasn't always that guy. I had to work into that. I, you know, I'm a guy that let guys down and all that. And it's like, so I had to kind of, really? re- yeah, man, like, I had a lot, you know, I, I used to, uh, this guy typified it perfectly for me and he goes, you're the kind of guy that you feel like, you know, you got a lot of high values and that you um you're you're honest, you're reliable, you're loyal, you like all these kinds of high values. He says, but I would have you consider, Tate, that um those aren't really actualized values. Those are things that you would like to think that you are. Because you lie to your girlfriend, you'll uh you're not really cash register honest all the time you're like and all so these he'd point out these little chinks in in the armor of who i thought i was and and so like i i look at like that kind of stuff too a lot and i go okay i'm a guy that i think the world's judging me based on my intentions while the world's judging me based on my actions right because yeah. I think I'm this guy, but I'm acting like this guy. And I don't understand why you don't like this guy that I'm not acting like, but that I'm thinking that I am. And I, I play this weird mind fuck on myself in that way. And I see that I'm not the only one that suffers from that.
0: Dude, I, I got, I got <laughs> you know? that. Like, I feel like I'm the most honest person. But I'm not, like, I, I feel like I am the most honest person. I, I bite my tongue in a lot of situations. And I, and, I'm, and I may be honest partially with myself about who I am. Right. But for the most part... I don't think I realize how sometimes out of control I get, like my biggest problem right now is drinking on planes, like and I, on and planes I, yeah, yeah, not in life like I, like, I get is it very you get easily nervous on
1: planes or yeah because
0: I get nervous and I've given myself a pass right, like I've given myself a pass because I know I'm nervous, and I know it calms me down but the problem is and it's, it's a, a ritual now at this point now it's a ritual yeah. and and um I got to I got to the, my rope's end in uh um I forget where the fuck I was. I was in an airport bar, and I'm and I had landed already, and I was still drinking, and I was just like, and I was waiting for my crew, so my my whole crew's coming in after me, but I'm still drinking in the bar, just putting back and waiting, casually drinking knowing full well that this has been a full day of flying, full day of flying, and that this will be a full day of drinking now for me, and I'm going to dinner with them, and I'm going drinking at dinner, and then I'm going to fucking feel taxed about it tomorrow with my blood pressure, with my hangover, with my dehydration, with everything. And you, and you have to work the next day. And i got to work the next day. And I know that. I'm knowing that. So and you're going to give the people that are paying you the very best. Don't say that, Rob. <laughs> and,
1: so, and, so, and so
0: I'm like, I literally said, um... I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm like, I got, I, this is gonna, this, not the flying. I'm not gonna die on a plane. Fucking drinking right. on a plane is gonna kill me. This is gonna be i right, trying I'm to done.
1: be relaxed while I'm on the plane. That's yeah. gonna kill
0: me. And so I said, uh, I called my manager. Uh, I sent an email to my manager, my wife, and um, one another manager I have. And I said, uh, in December, I'm gonna be taking flying lessons. I'm gonna learn how to fly a plane, and it's gonna cost like 12 grand. It's money that is not like just sitting around the house. But I said, but if this helps me get over my fear of flying.
1: Yeah, but you can pay that off too, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Or, or yeah. write it off. I'm I mean, sure. Because I'm sure. that's part of My manager's thing.
0: like, we'll figure it out. Yeah, don't fucking worry about it. If this gets you to stop drinking on planes, because I fly 200,000 miles a year. Yep. So if this gets you to stop drinking on planes, then it's fucking worth it. And you'll start the lessons in December. You'll finish them. And maybe just getting you started the lessons will help you. But but I don't, I'm like you said, I, I, I really am a, pretty in control guy but i fucking spin out i spin out when i get a man like like today this is, i'm once again very i'm getting on a plane tonight at midnight i have a meeting at like four after the meeting I'll, uh, at five everyone will be over at my house and i just bought a bottle of tito's because i know well if i got a midnight flight if i start drinking around seven and then i'm like fucking then it's a red eye and then just guess what i run a 5k the next day like tomorrow so i fucking yeah so i'm like and, but but it's like i can't i always say i'm in control i can't control that fucking panic flight maybe i can maybe i'm not uncomfortable with the comfortableness of it maybe i'm just not i don't know what it is but i but i cannot and I, but i'm and i'm not a mess on the plane like i'm you not just, like
1: you know you're awake the whole time like
0: tonight i'll be awake the whole time on the plane i'll be awake the whole time on the plane and I'm and I'm and by the way, just to put it in perspective, I'm not like wolfing down eleven drinks. I'm having just every time they come by and ask for a beer, I yes. say yes. <laughs> and 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 I don't and I'm not like one more. And then on on fucking don't even talk about like flights to Vietnam. I'm a fucking that's that's like I got to micromanage how the fuck I'm going to drink for thirty three hours. Wow. So like uh, so like I was just like I'm done. I'm I'm done with it. I'm still afraid of flying, but I got to get over the fear. I've got to get over the fear. I
1: feel like it's great. That's in a great. You're in a great spot because, in, in in a huge way, you go. I know what I don't like. I don't like this. Yeah, that I'm, and so, fuck. That's great information. And it's not. And my my thing with drinking is like I I didn't drink all
0: week. I don't need to drink at all. Right. I don't even. You know, sadly, I'm. I'm out of the taste of beer lately. I just don't like beer, and and beer is what I usually liked. And I have no interest in making a mixed cocktail at fucking seven at night. That or even opening a bottle of wine. So all I see right now are calories. Right. So like, it's not drinking is my problem. It's this th- these these situations that is where drinking thing. has been the cure. Right. Like getting done my show at the improv and going. Now's when I have a drink. Like it's these situations. Where I just—it's just been ingrained in me. I
1: think in some things, then if that's you're talking about being habitualized, then you go, what would I like my life to look like? And I, I always tell dudes this: I'm like, go through like in six months, a year and a half, three years, six years, and have that timeline, and and pick your criterion, wh- whatever you'd like it to be. Who do you want to be fucking? Who do you want to be living with? Uh, what's your house look like? What's your climate? Um, what do you do every day? Do you work out every day? Are you living close to your gym? Where are you at? Uh, where do you work out to do comedy every day? Um, what What's your food look like every day? And do that for all those times. And like, and what's your bank account look like? And what What are your goals? Do you want like write all that shit out and go. Are my daily actions building the bridge to this place that I want to go?
0: Dude, I wrote that you can't see it because it says daddy right behind it. But right when it says five years from today, what are you gonna wish you had done today? Yeah. Because I I always think that five years from today it's not
1: the mountains that are troublesome. Right. It's not climbing the mountains. We'll chew that shit up. It's the little anthills that we trip over.
0: Dude, anyone can climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Any human being can climb Mount it's not a technical mountain. It just takes time. You just gotta it takes five fucking days to acclimate. It just it's not tough, it's just a hike. And 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 that's the way I
1: But we minimize the importance of those little things daily. Because we go, oh, uh, well, I just want to have a little taste of cheesecake or whatever. And you go, is that, my, is that towards my goals? Is, and and when you run it through intellectually, you've got you've to get there. And then you've got to supplant that with something else that's going to be positive that gets you off the way that taste of cheesecake does. Whether that's jerking off or doing 10 push-ups or fucking whatever the fuck thing push-ups is. Doing 10 push is so fucking healthy. You know what I'm, I mean?
0: I'm in a cleanse. Not in a cleanse. But like uh, so what I do usually when I come home is I just I'm very strict about diet because I'm not on the road. It's a juice in the morning, like a Vitamix juice in the morning. Um, sna- two snacks on either side of lunch. What are the snacks? Uh, rice cakes with almond butter or rice cakes with avocado. Uh-huh. Those are actually my exact two snacks. Yep. Half an avocado on rice cakes, or, or almond butter on rice cakes with maybe a little bit of that uh, the agave uh-huh. um, to make it taste good. And then today I had lead. Uh, I had chicken breast um, in a lettuce wrap with a roasted red, half a roasted red pepper on it with a little bit of sriracha. And then tonight for dinner, I'll have I probably have some salmon and some vegetables, uh-huh. or I'll have a juice if I feel good.
1: I'll just have a juice. Do You always do you feel satisfied with all that stuff.
0: Uh, I don't. What, I, what this, you want know to real crazy? Tell me. You know what satisfies me is watching myself not reward myself. Wow, it's a weird feeling. And I, I had to explain it to my daughters the other night. It's gonna was,
1: feel so good when you don't drink when you get off the show. Then
0: yeah, <laughs> it's it's fun to. It's fun to, th- to feel the, the, the reptilian part of your brain go, like, I'm in control of this organism. Like, grab, grab that little Snickers. And then right. you're like, fuck that. Right. Like, and don't eat it. Don't touch it. Right. And then you walk away from the Snickers, little, little tiny Snickers, snack size. And you're like, what? Because my, my brain so often just says, go reward yourself like right like just the littlest things like the other, yesterday i'm walking down the street walking back from a meeting and i saw a dispensary and my brain goes my, my brain just says it and i would never do this normally i'd never do this but my brain is in this reward mode he goes get let's get high this afternoon and then i go what and he was like just and then my brain was like, because I cannot, I definitely can't do that because I have another meeting. And I and and I probably I wouldn't do that. Don't they expect? I would figure they would expect you to be high at those meetings. They, you know what's so funny is I think people think I'm fucked up everywhere I go. Right. Like, oh, I did a I did a a pitch over at a, a network the other day, and I took my shirt off for it. Like I I was like fuck it, and everyone laughed. It's funny, but I guarantee you they're like. Man, he must have come in hammered. Right. Like, that's what they assume. I never – I bring a drink on stage with me, I never drink on stage. I never, like – like, I have gotten drunk on stage before, trust me. But, like, I usually bring a drink on stage, don't finish it first show. Second stage, second show, I bring another drink on stage, I'll finish that second show. Right. And, but, like, everyone assumes I'm always fucking hammered. Crazy. It's, but but, it, but the, what is really cool right now, what I'm feeling is, like, rewards. Like not giving myself rewards, just to stop myself to notice how often to be cognizant of how often my brain goes. Uh, like uh, I opened the fr- there's this pasta in the fridge, and I made the girls the other night. It is so fucking good. It looked so good, and the girls loved it. And there's just so much butter and olive oil in it, and there's there's peas yeah. and and uh, cheese, and and I every time I open it, my brain goes, "Eat um like just, and I'm like, no. But to witness that, it's
1: fucking bizarre. So, like, the thing is, is like when you choose foods, as far as like, like what the function of your body is, is like yeah. I, I, I think I want to be satisfied. But, like the things, and you talk about heart disease yeah. and like platelets and growth and like what happens with, uh, like how does that form and plaques and how how does that become a, a thing? Yeah. And people always used to say that it's cholesterol and it's fats, right? Now there's a great book out called "The Myth of Cholesterol." And um, so, what's a satiating a hormone is like glucagon, and and that it comes from like proteins, and then and fats are very satiating, and and carbohydrates are like a, a, a they they produce they make your body produce insulin, right? And that's a a storage hormone. So every carbohydrate that you eat, you're, you're, you you got to think your stomach is a indiscriminate vat of acid. So whether you're eating a, a gang of broccoli or whether you're eating a Snickers bar. It's saying it's the same shit. That's a carbohydrate, right? So yeah. insulin comes out. Now, of course, there's fiber in, in broccoli. There's it's a lower amount. Uh, it's much lower on the glycemic index and all that kind of stuff. But like, I used to think I was eating healthy all the time, and I'd go like I'd be like, man, I just can't make it through practice. And and a guy told me years later, he goes, well, what would you eat? And I go, well, I'd eat like an orange, and then I'd have like a bowl of oatmeal, and I'd um, cut up a banana on there, and I'd have a glass of orange juice. And he'd say, okay, so you're having. A, a ball of sugar, a glass of sugar with a bowl of sugar with sugar on top of it. Yeah. Like that's what your body. And so, and so you're either a sugar burner or a fat burner. So you can either burn and metabolize um, fats exo- exogenously, um, or you can burn sugars. But when you burn sh- through sugars, it only stores in your in your blood. Like your blood sugar is where your your uh, um, energy comes from. Then after that's out, you get hypoglycemic. You get down, and you need to yeah. eat again. And so, like. After and that was after I stopped fighting, but I started to retrain my body then to just access fats as uh, and and how you do that is you just don't eat any carbs for like four days and your body will switch and it'll start to access fats and, and change the construct of your body how it how it metabolizes um, food and so then you know you feel bad for two three days but then uh i just eat high fats and i eat low sugars low carb- carbohydrates like less than 100 grams a day but you can still eat a plate of broccoli like the, a lot goes you know if you eat a tub of popcorn that's like 90 grams of carbohydrates but i just don't eat a ton of carbs yeah. and uh high fats and stay energized and a front, I, I, I my cholesterol went up when i did that went from like 100 to like 280 or something and really? uh and I go, hey, what's this about? And this guy, Dr. Piquel, um, hit me back, and he was uh, uh, heart medicine. He was a cardiologist. And he said, you know, I was a vegetarian for a long time, and so I'd look at my heart and I'd study it. And I'd have little speed bumps like that were um, short shrinking my arteries, and uh, I could measure the millimeters of my artery wall. And... I felt like shit. I was, uh, you know, 15, 20 pounds overweight all the time. And, and I was a vegetarian. I was doing the healthiest thing, thing possible. I switched to a paleo diet. I instantly felt better. I, my energy went through the roof. Uh, a couple of years later, I'm, I'm down. I'm fit in a way that I hadn't been since I was in college. And I uh, do an ultrasound in my heart again. And all those uh, plaques were gone. And uh, my artery walls were uh, were thinner and more malleable. And... And my cholesterol was at 300 then from 100. And, uh, and, he, so and, and then he turned me on to onto this book, The the Myth of Cholesterol, and started talking about that. And he said, well, one of the reasons why is the, the first thing that they could mark in the blood was cholesterol. That's the first thing that they could take out and they could use it as a marker. And so then they go, well, there's um, people that die of heart disease. They've got cholesterol in their blood and they made they, they said that there was causation there, but There wasn't any. There was um, no correlative data to say that that was a causation of this. But it was the first thing they did. And then they say, well, how can we reduce the cholesterol? And so then they started making statins, and that became a huge pharmaceutical thing. And then, you know, I mean— Nobody makes diseases up like the pharmaceutical companies. They, they make illnesses where there are none and they give you a pill to cure what ails you, and then that causes a side effect that you need this. P- and it's just – it's a fantastic business model if you're only concerned is making money and and not having any uh, help like, for people. It's right? like
0: Chris Rock said. There's no cu- there's no money in the cure. Right. The money's on the Exactly,
1: comeback. man. <laughs> and so, yeah, right. And so, like, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And so that was kind of the thing also with, like, with, with, like when, when Keith and Lacey and I started this company and – when we started looking at that, is we go, well, what, what's real empowerment for people? Because if you're listening to the FDA or somebody like that, they are not. They don't have your best interests in mind. They've got the best interests of the corporations that are funding them, yeah. and that's it. You know, you've know, got uh, Barack Obama appoints the guy that was the head of Monsanto to be the head of the FDA. Like That happened uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So the guy that's the CEO of Monsanto is now the head of the Food and Drug Administration – that is supposed to be our watchdog so that people and companies don't sell us cancer. Like, I mean, it's like, the, it, it, so all that stuff is out the window. Like, our government is just in the shadow of corporations, and that that's the dominion we live under. So, like, you got to do your own research into all that and go, well, what is true about my body if I'm looking for actualized health? And can I eat my way into that health, or am I going to be... Um, Am I going to be following whatever the directions were where they say, yeah, eat eight parts of of pasta and carbohydrates and a little bit of meats and fats. And then, great, that's a great recipe for heart disease is what they find because it's inflammation. And what causes inflammation are sugar and gluten, really. Like they cause huge inflammation in your body and arthritis and inflammation is what causes heart disease.
0: Dude, I think think I'm becoming
1: arthritic. If you go gluten and sugar free, like completely, your fucking body is going to be feeling way different in a month from now. A hundred percent. You'll lose belly fat. You'll be like, you'll, it'll be, it's, a different, it's a different world that you're living in. And then also your mood's even out. You don't have these highs and lows. Like when your body's craving and calling to that Snickers, you don't have that anymore. You've yeah. trained yourself outside of that. And, nope. like, and, and so like what's a meal like for somebody that eats like that? How about fucking uh, Eggs Benedict with no bread, just fucking... Canadian bacon, a bunch of poached eggs with hollandaise drenched all over it with oh. bacon on the side. That's fucking a sating, wonderful breakfast. Like, that's what I eat. That's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? It's like you, but you get to make I choices like that based on, based on that knowledge.
0: Yeah, I, I've always
1: eaten egg whites and got rid of the yolk. And- but all the good stuff, all the health is in the, in the yolk. Like, all the nourishment is in the yolk.
0: Yeah, and some the other day, my dad goes, oh, buddy, yolks aren't that bad. My dad's been telling me for fucking years, stay away from the fucking yolks. And then he's like, the yolks aren't that bad. I was like, dude, we just bought a chicken coop. Awesome. It's in the back of our truck. The chickens come on Saturday. Oh, that's great. And I guess the temperature is right for them to live in the garage as chicks. And then we got a chicken coop, and I'm going to be fucking eating eggs like crazy.
1: Fucking beautiful, man. Yeah,
0: I fucking, I love eggs. I really genuinely love eggs. I love them, too.
1: I used to live right over here on Moore Park. Are you, did I you know really? how close you were. Yeah. yeah. What? What? No. What's the gym you train at? I train in Venice at a place called Deuce, and then uh, and that's
0: and that's like a is that is that that's it's I just know this from the pictures, sure. but like it seems like an avant-garde kind of gym. Like there's just like, it's
1: like interesting strength strength training. Really interesting. It's like would they do everything they're they're modicum they started off of with, was out of crossfit they're all old crossfit athletes somewhat to the games uh logan gelbrick that runs it he uh uh you can find him at functional coach and he's fucking badass man one of my best friends and he used to play professional ball uh baseball and he and um a couple people started it and then they really got into doing like strongman lifts, like odd shaped objects and that's and, so interesting and, and uh, like kegs and, and cement balls like Atlas stones and yoke carries and and like with the idea of fitness, like what is that, you know, and, and like then are you talking about am I doing this for aesthetics or am I doing this for health? What what what? what, what is my whole thing here. I'm only
0: doing it for health. Yeah. Not that I could give two fucks what I look like. I would love to look good,
1: but I'm only doing it for health. Well, what's great is like you start to work towards your health in that way. Like there's a guy that came in once. He's like, I just want to get bigger arms. And I'm like, Man, I thought that's fucking weird. Like, cause I'd always been, the only reason I was in <laughs> athletics is like, I want to be able to punch you in the face faster and harder or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking for results and performance. Like it's I'm that I, fight club. That, shit. That's what I'm looking like, for. Why are you
0: cutting your fingernails and, and, so they don't f- bend back in a fight? Like. Right, <laughs> right,
1: right. And so I'm only looking to cut down any kind of malfunction that might be there. And I'm looking to how can I really get a uh, pinpoint with my performance?
0: Ronda Rousey said that in her do nothing bitch speech. Yeah. She said, I don't, every muscle in my body has, has a use. Yeah. Has a,
1: yeah, I love that. It's huge, man. And so this kid's telling me this and I go, oh, and then I'm like, well, be kind to him. He just doesn't know anything, yeah. you know? And and I go, well, we got to have a goal. So, Mark, how big would be big enough? Like, what's, he's like, well, I don't know. I go, well, what's it for? And I go, I know to look good. I know you don't want to sound like an asshole and say that, but you want to look a certain way. Yeah. But like, He goes, well. Well, what do you think about it? I go, I, I want to move beautifully through time and space for as long as I can. And whether that's walking on my hands across the room or whether that's being able to do a muscle up or whether that's whatever that is, I want to be able to utilize this body towards a function as well as it can do for as long as I can do it. So I'm not willing to shortchange myself by getting a whole bunch of gains today. That Then I'm going to uh, regret later or something like that. I want to be able to use this for as long as I can. And, and, um, and that's it. That, that becomes my goal. And so, like, you got to know what your goal is in order to get somewhere. Otherwise, we're just flailing in the water. It's like if we were going to just dump you in the ocean and you're going to be like, I don't know, just to be wet. And you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> drown for sure, right? Or you're like, no, I want to be in the ocean because I want to get to that island, and then we can swim and we can mark that place, it's right?
0: Be wet. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, I I was as, as you're saying that I was like my goal is to be able to put on my shoes and tie them and right. not be uncomfortable. I
1: want to be able to get my foot up. Yeah, without having to grab it and pull it or whatever. Getting out of bed Simple is really shit. yeah.
0: But you know, I, the 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 most in shape I've ever been is when I first met my wife. I was 186 pounds, uh-huh. and and it, I'd worked for it. I'd worked very hard for it. Spin class every single day, two workouts a day. Spin class in the morning, hike at night at sunset. I also had money and didn't have a job, so I could do whatever the fuck I what? wanted. And so, uh, and I remember, like you said, when you said that, move effortlessly through this life. I remember. A sunset, jogging down Runyon Canyon on down the down the spine where the steps are yep. and feeling great. And I thought, this is why you work out. So you feel great. So as you run, you're like, I feel fucking awesome. Right, right. Like I'm not winded. Like today I got up, I I periscoped it, but like I was like I was like, I know I'm still in shape. I'm fat as fuck. The fattest I'm not the fattest. Uh t- three days ago I was the fattest I've ever been. And that's what got me like fucking strict on diet and i got on there and i was like i can still run a fucking like a fucking three minute half mile so i fucking pounded it out that's sick. And I like put it on an eight and just murdered it and was like i can do this i know i can fucking do this but the truth is i just want to move effortlessly through life i don't want to i getting up i right. don't want it to be tif- difficult i don't want to be sitting and eating dinner with someone and going my jeans hurt
1: Right, like, or, or walking through an airport and being like, "I just got to rest for a minute." Yeah. Oh, I mean, you see guys like that, and you are like, "Holy fuck!" This is why you have to have that cart. Yeah, like
0: and I, and, the, and like you say, you need to be honest with yourself. So many sure. people are not honest. I, 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 I wasn't. I still maybe I'm not in that. Well, I'm a big guy. I'm a comic. It's
1: all for comedic. Right.
0: It's not true. Right. It's
1: what's true is well, wasn't that Jonah Hill or somebody that went
0: Jonah Hills? I think he's by the way, and I'm not. I, I Jonah.
1: Oh, that's Who what was... Who was it? There was a, one of those guys that was a fatter guy, and then he lost weight, and even his agent was like, you're not going to be as funny, we're not going to be able to book you as much. like yeah. People were talking shit about it. Like, here's a guy wanting to be healthy, and you're trying to... That's crazy.
0: It's crazy, and he... By the way, he won the fucking Oscar when he lost... While the weight was off. In fucking Moneyball. Yeah, so Brett, yeah. So fuck, fuck his agent. But Jonah Hill has recently gained twi- like twice the weight that he had really? before. Yeah. He looks really... Um, he, he he doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look happy. It's maybe a shame, he is, man. but it's it's a shame because he's so fucking talented. Yep. And I actually I was thinking about this today, like celebrating people's misery. I saw a picture of him, and I went in a weird way. I went like, oh, like I got like, oh fuck, like, and then I as a and I stopped myself, and I went, whoa, no, hold on. I love this guy's acting.
1: Is it because it gives you a free pass? Then you're like, wow, fuck, look at him. I'm not that bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the fact that this society that we're in
0: celebrates loves the witch hunt. We love the fucking witch hunt. It's heavier than a rooster. It's a fucking witch. Like it's it, that's primal in America in, in in Americans, I guess. But like I saw him and I went I went I don't know what it was, but there was a a flutter and then I went, "Whoa, what the fuck is that?" And I literally sat down and I wrote about it and I I tried to write like oh, like what is cool. it? What is it that just made me flutter? What is it that makes people attack, you know, people when they say something and and like i heard one guy say something on uh on espn about uh gays as a football player and i was like oh fuck like like and then i and then i'm like wait whatever that's, the, that's that guy why like what am i getting outraged for and then i literally saw thought sat and tried to write about jonah hill and i was like i was like i fucking love this guy like he makes me laugh hard as fuck he's one of my favorite actors and i want him to be around forever right. so that i can always enjoy him he'll just get better and it'll ju- I'll just appreciate it more and then i was like fuck like i
1: care about and Jonah hill even if he doesn't ever act again beyond all of whatever i get out of him i would like him to be healthy and fucking be able to, you know like i'd love yeah. his mom to be able to enjoy him for the rest of her life too or yeah. whatever the thing it's like that yeah Yeah, I have so much. What what time?
0: I have a fucking conference call starting soon. But like, I want there's there's so much I want to know about you that I haven't gotten to ask you. We'll get it. Um, Real quick, tell me what cold press coffee is.
1: Well, cold brew coffee. We uh, you know most that's it. Cold brew coffee. Most coffee is done uh, through a heat exchange and through hot water, near boiling water, like 186 degrees or something, over beans that have been ground, and then you extract the the nutrients or the nourishment out of the bean from uh, from that end cold brew and it increases acidity a lot so you get like a little bitterness uh, with with every coffee right this doesn't have that this doesn't have it because it's cold and so all our extraction is is a cold method it's all cold ice water that draws it out over like a 14 or 16 hour period and so what you can do with a hot like you know when you make coffee typically at your house you can do that in a couple of minutes this is a, a a very meticulous long process to extract um all the flavor out of the bean that doesn't have any acidity or any kind of bitter aftertaste or anything i mean it changes like people that would drink milk and sugar in their coffee are like this is great just like this i want
0: to give one to my wife to and see so, if yeah, she yeah, likes you, it
1: i brought a bunch here
0: oh, okay uh i because i you're the person that you're the person that introduced me to a lot of my coffee uh is that right yeah 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 all, all of it i'd say Well, you via Rogan, like uh, like cold cold brew coffee, I'd never heard of until I heard Caveman Coffee ads. Yeah, Um, and I had a cold brew coffee at Rogan doing a podcast, and I felt perfect, and I loved the taste of it. Yeah, um, uh, the the what the Dave Asprey kind of
1: the bulletproof bulletproof coffee coffee was from you with the butter and all. Like I'd
0: never heard of that. Yeah. before and then I know the Dave Asprey thing kind it's of fell so apart. so cool
1: I think too man I just saw Dave had a, a thing uh, What's like, he, Is he good or bad? Well I think he's an insane guy uh, <laughs> he, uh, um, You know I helped him a lot like Joe did too like to yeah. whatever we could but then I was like you know he when he started dancing in certain realms, I, I was just like, Hey man, you know, you shouldn't probably do that. And like, maybe you want to think of this a different way. And, and he, he's a guy that thinks he's Jesus kind of now. And he, um, and he's a, he's a guy that was like, apparently used to be a fat guy that, that hacked his own body or whatever that is. And now he's not. And now he pretends he's a scientist, which he's also not. And there's a guy that worked for him, this 15 year old kid that lives in Austin now that did a lot of, um, did all his research and, And then Dave would be like, no, no, color it this way and do this and that. And then it's like it just became a thing where it's like where I said inauthenticity reads. And I go, you know, you're going into these things and you're trying to be this big corporate dude. And like this is robbing you of what your real beauty is, what the real uh, love of this whole movement is. And and so anyway, whatever. But um, it's nice in the way that uh, that, you know, there's a message that's out there that people are. Going okay, maybe fats aren't bad for you, and maybe you can be empowered in a different way, and maybe those, there's those, this new conversation. And so, any new company that's out there that's doing that, I'm for those guys. Those I want those guys to do well. You know, were
0: fuck, I used to make them. My dad's yeah, so funny. I do
1: it with goat butter. Is what I, I fucking. It's got a different taste to it, and it's a little salty, and, and I love it. So I make mine in the morning. Like uh, I'll blend goat butter and, and our MCT with it, and fucking rad, man.
0: My dad. I heard. I, I want to say I heard you. In Rogan's old studio, Uh having one with Rogan or talking about it. Oh yeah,
1: when we were up in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. And I I was,
0: and I went, wow. And then I go home, and my dad's like, "Buddy, have you heard of this bulletproof coffee?" Awesome. And and literally, I said, "How does my dad know Tate Fletcher?" Ah. (laughs) And then I started making them, but I was doing like, here's my problem. In its excess, always, I was doing like double the recipe and then in a big fucking growler yeah and then murdering it and then and it was full i mean literally energy through the day it was so fucking it's great so long lasting
1: man. it's so long lasting it is and if you if when you mix the fats in there and i think also like mct is a thing like it's derived from coconut oil it's a, uh, uh but it won't solidify it's just a smaller molecular level than pure coconut oil but um it, it'll trans transfer the blood brain barrier, and so it'll it'll you'll absorb parts of the caffeine and the nootropics of of coffee in a different way than you ever had before it's when so you start messing with that. Good, it really changed it. And then,
0: um, I, man, I got I I gotta have you back on. I'd love like, to, man. I, and and, and yeah. uh, what I'd love to do, and I haven't done this in a really long time, but I'd love to have you over. Like I'm gonna be around all December. Okay. And I'd like to have you over, maybe when like with Duncan and Ari or oh, Joey or like so nice, just do a group. Uh, Joe's so hard to lock down; yeah, he's so course. busy,
1: of course. But whenever uh, I want to talk to him anymore, he's like, "Well, why don't you come do my podcast?" Or so it's like, yeah. "I'm like, hey, bro, you want to go get lunch or something? Well, come do the pot." Like that's the time that he can yeah. hang out with people. Literally, at this L- point, it's like literally. When we go do a fight companion or something. That's and then we go eat after. Like that's the time we get to hang out. He
0: said to he's I said a busy to him, dude. I said to him, I said. uh said, so, you know, I've always wanted to have you on my podcast. I'm always afraid to ask. I know you're busy as shit. And he's like, "Well, fuck. Why don't you just uh, come over? We'll do your podcast and my podcast. To do then we'll do my podcast." And I was like, "I was like, of course I'd love to, right? But like, it's the truth. I call him up and I'm like, like, dude, what are you up to? Let's do something.' And it's always let's, let's podcast first. But yeah. it, it's it's busy. He's just one of those guys, man. He's not. He's on his. He's he's stepping his own direction. Yeah. And it and it's inspiring. It really yep. is. I, well, then it's like.
1: Oh, what are you do you? Oh no, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm now. You know, he's gotten. He's become such an avid hunter and yeah. an outdoorsman that he's. No, no, I'm going to. I'm going to get an out this week, or I'm going to go shoot pigs in Texas, or like there, there's all that. You know, so yeah, man, it's super. It's super interesting uh, following that, but then how to fit into it, but then going anything. Literally anything is possible. Like when when I I said I well, he goes, dude, you got to start doing a podcast date, and this was a couple years ago, and I go. I don't know like like Wait, I, don't like, you have a podcast. yeah. I I, I, yeah, yeah, I just listen to it. I want uh don't it uh Pirate Life. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't like I I'm like I've been so like remiss in 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 the regularity of it and all that stuff, but the thing that really turns me on about it is that you reach guys that are in Indiana or that are wherever that are like these like-minded dudes that are going they go oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. There's other there's dudes out there that aren't it's not predicated on like uh, overtone of, of, of violence or aggression or – and especially like when there's like dudes like, like Joe or somebody like that that's out there that is like this uber alpha male type and they're like, wow, but he's – there's a kindness there and that's better than – being aggressive, like, what, like things that, do, like, if you're a little dude, you might not know. You only go to the most powerful dude in the neighborhood, and you're like, if that dude happens to be a skinhead or that dude happens to be a violent gang member or that dude yeah. happens to be your stepdad that beats up your sister, maybe that's the guy that you aspire to be like. And and to offer something different to people and go, no, no, you can be free. Like It's like, you ever listen to Alan Watts? No. Oh, God, I got you YouTube. Like, he's tremendous. And he, he asked that question. You brought it up earlier. Like... Uh, you know he posits it and goes uh, "What if you didn 't need money to do work like what if what if all that was taken care of? What would you do then? Who would you be then and it 's like, be that because that 's the thing that will ultimately nourish you, whether it 's money or whether well, how however that construct looks like." Do that thing. That's what the world needs. The n- world doesn't need a carbon copy of what was yesterday. And so, like, when you're talking about with your therapist and stuff like that, fucking – and you don't need to censor yourself. I think you, I, I need to censor myself in the way that I don't want to make people unduly uncomfortable around me. However, um, I need to speak freely and I need to find a way to say that then that's, that's palatable regardless if there is a disagreement about it. You know, And, and I think yeah. that that – I think it's so important because – that and that is as a comic man, you're a renegade. Like that's what people want—is your authentic self. They 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 don't want to bite their tongues. They sure as fuck don't want to hear you bite your tongue. Yeah. You know, it's like there's such an important part. There's this guy I, I, I was in this in, in this group home for a while and um, and like leading groups in it, uh, and and he goes, dude, he goes, you just gotta be you because. Hold on one sec. Hold yep. on one sec. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm sorry. hello
0: hello hey, hey Leah. I'm, I'm i'm just wrapping up a podcast okay all right uh can i call back in oh, okay I'm, i'll be done in five minutes all right bye sorry about that no worries no no so wait you were so, in a, so what said, was he saying so i'm so, i really apologize about um, that
1: you know that that like that whole thing about uh uh you know, be, being your authentic self and going into that whole um, into that whole realm is that, like, the people, the he's like, these guys need you. They don't need an idea of, like, who you think you are. Don't pretty up who you are, Tate. He says, because for every fucking nut that walks in the door, there's a wrench here that fits it. And, like, you've got your story to tell. He's got his story. And if the whole thing is about helping the guy coming behind you, if you're pretending you're somebody you're not, then that nut that walks in the door isn't going to recognize you as his wrench. You gotta be you, man, and 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 uh, and that's the and that's and that's the thing, you know, because then the lesson isn't that I'm living for myself. The lesson is is that I'm living for fucking whatever's out there, because I need all of us to win. I need us all.